I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Imagine getting chopped in half. It is The Jesse Kelly Show today, and it's going to be a good one. (laughs) We have Anthony Fauci. Someone did an FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, on him and his emails because he's a government employee. Yikes. (laughs) Let's just say 
It feels really good to be me right now because I told you all this a long time ago. Today is going to be filled with I told you so's from the Oracle himself, me. We have Iran's largest warship catching fire and sinking under mysterious circumstances. Looking at you, Chris. (laughs) We have another hate crime hoax. We have great emails. Heavy D, it's going to be a great day. But first, the whole sawn in half thing. Sawed in half? Sawn in? It's sawed, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, it is sawed. What do you mean? It's not sawn. Whatever. They had a saw. (laughs) All right, let's go back. We're going back to like 300 years before Jesus was born. Actually, more than 300 years. We're in like 330s BC, but none of that matters. It's really old. Okay, that it's really old. That's what you need to know. And our story today, it's about a man universally admired amongst the conquerors of the past. That's what's so wild. And I know you're. I know you're saying, Jesse, that's you. No, this is older than me. It's about Alexander the Great. And what's so crazy about Alexander the Great, Roman emperors practically worshipped the guy. Remember there's that great story about Caesar Augustus when Alexander's body was supposedly buried in Egypt, and he goes down to Egypt, and he says to them, hey, where's Alexander the Great's body? I want to to go pay my respects. And they said, all right, here he is. All right, do you want to see all our other emperors and pharaohs? And he said, I came here to see a king, not a bunch of corpses. <laughs> it's a Genghis Khan knew about and looked up to Alexander the Great. It's just everybody. I mean, also some not so great conquerors, Hitler and such. Napoleon, who was a great conqueror, looked up to Alexander the Great. All the greats look up to him. He's like, um, it's the best way I can describe this. For you former basketball fans, I used to watch basketball all the time when I was a kid. I played for a long time. I sucked. Don't worry about that. But I played for a long time. Alexander the Great's like the Michael Jordan of the ancient world. And what I mean by that is not, not just that he was great. It's that he was so great and legendary, the other greats look up to him. That doesn't happen. You know, great men with huge egos and accomplish huge things, they don't have mentors or people they idolize. Other basketball players, the best basketball players on the planet, wore Michael Jordan's shoes while Michael Jordan was still playing. That's unheard of. That's what Alexander the Great is, the other greats in history. Hannibal Barca, all of them, they all looked up to him. We got Jim Hansen coming on later on, second hour of today's show, by the way. Jim Hansen, as you know, he's our former Green Beret guy, foreign policy expert guy. He thinks we have something brewing with these indictments with the people who went in the Capitol on January 6th. He thinks this whole thing is a farce, and we're going to let Jim expand on that a little later on. All right, back to our story. So... Another thing about Alexander the Great that I find to be extremely fascinating is this. I want you to imagine, we all, we all have gifts, right? I mean, look, I obviously have a bunch, and Jewish, Jewish producer Chris doesn't have very many, but you have gifts. You're born with things you're good at, and you suck at some things. I'm very frank with my sons about this, I, I should note. 
It's just, it's a hilarious, very direct household. Uh, my oldest, uh, absurdly good at some things and terrible at others. My youngest, I'm exactly the opposite kind of kid, great at some things, terrible at others. My oldest is an artist. I don't mean one of the weirdos who smokes the weird cigarettes and things like that. I mean, he just, he sits down and he can draw something and it's astounding. He's 12 years old. I can't draw a stick figure. My youngest, a bit more like me, not necessarily the best drawer in the world. And he drew something the other day and he knew I was going to make fun of him for it. And he said, dad, look at what I drew. My youngest, the bad one. And I said, you might want to leave the art to your older brother. That's terrible. And we both just laughed and laughed. All right. Anyway, we're born with certain things, right? Certain gifts. That's how God made you. That's fine. Good for you. I want you to picture a child born with an absurd gift for technology. We're talking about 2021, right? The kid is just one of those kids who's building a computer with his bare hands at six. It is one of those types of people. And I want you to, then I want you to imagine this. You have this child with this gift for technology, just naturally gifted at it. And his dad is Steve Jobs. That is the best comparison I can come up with for Alexander the Great. He was, by any measure, this absurdly gifted, brave military leader. Every part of the military campaign, too, not just tactics. Tactically, he was a genius. Logistically, he was a genius. You know how amazing it is 300 years before Christ to supply an army that size, that far away from home? He's in Syria. These guys are from Greece. He's over in Syria supplying an army without a navy. He didn't even have a good navy. That's absurd. So he's just, he's born with these gifts, but we can't talk about Alexander the Great without talking about his dad, Steve Jobs. The guy gets no credit historically. I mean, I take that back. If you like history at all, you obviously know who Philip II is, but Alexander the Great's father was a boss. I mean, a straight, a straight up movie character. He had one eye. He had all these horrible injuries because he was always in the front lines of whatever battle he was in. But he took over Macedonia and reformed their army into being a military juggernaut and proceeded to turn around and not beat up a bunch of tiny barbarian tribes. He beat up all the Greeks, all the people who fought like he fought. He went and crushed all of them except for Sparta, of course. That's a great story we'll get to in a second. That was Alexander the Great's father. His mother, her name was Olympias. She, uh, I, I, there are so many legends about her. You don't know what to believe. She, I, I, look, a lot of the ancient gods are obviously very weird, right? The things people worshipped back then. Theirs, hers was super weird. It involved snakes and and some very <clears throat> adult themed worship practices, and it involved drugs. It's very. Very odd. Very, very odd. But a supposedly a formidable woman. Philip II gets assassinated. Gets assassinated in front of a bunch of people. And it is believed. They don't know this, obviously. It's 300 years before Christ. Nobody took any fingerprints. It is believed because he was assassinated by uh, one of his bodyguards. And then they promptly killed the bodyguard, which you would never do. You would catch him and interrogate him and find out who paid him to do that. It is widely believed that Olympias Alexander the Great's mother is the one who arranged for Philip II's assassination. But long story short, 
Alexander the Great takes over as king of this empire at 20. How did he prepare to be king? Well, he studied his father. He fought with his father. Remember the whole Steve Jobs thing? You know who his father hired to educate his young son, Alexander, his young gifted boy? I'm not making this up. Aristotle. (laughs) Philip II went to Aristotle. He'd previously raised Aristotle's village to the ground. And he went to Aristotle and said, you, I want you to tutor my boy. Make my boy amazing. Teach him about religion and philosophy and, and, and all these things. And Aristotle comes back and says, uh, okay, but I have some demands. What were those demands? I'll explain in a second. We'll continue with Alexander the Great, and then we get to the Fauci emails. out catch up jessekellyshow.com quality of your gear can save your life that is a fact when i talk to you about getting quality things i'm not trying to point fingers at you and lecture you i'm not trying to look down on you i'm not trying to make you spend money you don't want to spend but when i tell you things like Make sure you buy good tires for your car. I'm not telling you that so you can look good. Tires can save your life. When I tell you to buy a custom holster from Northwest Retention Systems, I'm not telling you that just so you can look cool, although the holsters do look good. I'm telling you that because that may be your life at stake, pulling that weapon out of that holster, having it function properly. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10% off. Jesse Kelly Show, the world famous Jesse Kelly Show. Don't rub your head when I say that, Chris. We have international downloads, lots of them. You did not miss. I should clarify. I don't know why I'm in such a great mood today. It's just so fun. This is the best job in the world getting to talk to you. All right. You did not miss the big announcement. I do have it on my life. I'm not making this up. I'm not uh, jerking you around. It's not at the end of this thing. I'm not going to announce I got a new pair of socks I love. There is a gigantic show announcement coming. I said yesterday that I thought it might be Wednesday or Thursday. That means today or tomorrow. I still think that's a possibility, but that means I'm going to have to have a text message saying you can announce it. Within the next hour and a half or the show's going to be over, or two and a half hours. Never mind. We got two and a half hours. Cross your fingers. It might be by the end of the show. I would stay tuned today. How about that, Chris? Always keep them listening. See, that? what have I been telling you? <laughs> 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have, new, we have new reviews of the show. 
Let me just say, I mean, when you have titles of these reviews like Secret Admirer and So Handsome, you know people have really been reviewing the show. (laughs) All right, back to Alexander the Great. Philip II, Alexander's father, points to Aristotle and says, I want you to tutor and mentor my boy. Well, as I pointed out before, Philip II had raised Aristotle's town to the ground and enslaved all of his people. Aristotle, to his credit, stands up to Philip II and says, okay, yeah, I'll be happy to tutor your boy. I want you to rebuild the town you destroyed of mine and all the people who you haven't murdered yet in slavery, because some had, some had passed away, all the people you haven't murdered yet, Free them and let them come back. And Philip II does it. That's Alexander the Great's tutor. I did, I did mention the Spartans earlier. I should point this out. Philip II conquers all of Greece, unifies all of Greece. Remember, these are all different city-states and very, very powerful city-states. But Philip II essentially makes them Greece except for Sparta. He wants a unified Greece, Philip II does, because he wants to go to war with the Persians. We'll get to them in a moment. Well, Sparta hasn't joined. And so Philip II, after dominating everybody, and Sparta by now is way past their prime. I want to make sure I'm clear about that. They're still, obviously, as you're about to find out, tough as nails. You're certainly not just going to waltz in there and push him around. But Philip II could have taken Sparta by now. He writes them some threatening uh, letter, the ultimate, you know, the old ancient conqueror threatening letter, uh, come bend the knee or I'm going to uh, raise all your cities to the ground, enslave all your women, all that stuff. You know, the standard conqueror talk from back in the day. His letter, when he wrote them, started out with if, if you don't submit to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise your cities, things like that. In the most Spartan move of all Spartan moves, they write him a, a lettered response back. And you know what it said? If that's all it said, <laughs> what a gigantic screw you to Philip the second. Anyway, he didn't go. He didn't, he didn't follow up on the thread. He's like, you know, I actually think I'm going to leave them alone for now. All right. Philip gets assassinated. Alexander take takes over as King at 20. And I realized people, uh, people mature faster than others. It's just some people never mature. Don't look at me, Chris. Some people never mature. Uh, I couldn't imagine having a gigantic kingdom handed to me at 20 years old. I promise you one thing. I would not still be alive. Alexander the Great gets handed a unified Greece at the age of 20. But the world is a funny place. And I want you to understand this because the world has not changed. It is the same today as it always has been. People respect strength, and when people smell weakness or think there might be weakness, when people smell weakness, they pounce. They're going to test it. They're going to probe. They're going to see what they can get away with and what they can't get away with. You have this... You have this juggernaut of an ancient conqueror, Philip II. He dies after fighting all these wars with all these Greek places and and unifying Greece. 
These other Greek states who didn't want to be under Macedonia, didn't want to be under the Philip II, they look at this lion of a man dying and see his snot-nosed 20-year-old son taking over the kingdom. And you know what they say to themselves? Oh, this kid doesn't have what it takes. All these places Philip had taken over start rebelling right away. But, man, talk about some bad luck. They really did not realize who they were dealing with. There are 20-year-olds, and then there's 20-year-old Alexander the Great. He promptly raises a force smaller than virtually all the other forces he's facing and just curb stomps all of them right back into submission. He's smart enough to do some diplomacy when he has to. He's also a brutal conqueror. He knows when to absolutely burn a city to the ground and enslave everyone. Oh, I want, I want to clarify something about slavery, too. When we talk a lot about uh, ancient Greek slavery and ancient Roman slavery, it can run the gamut on how that slavery goes for you if you're enslaved. Uh, if, you're, if, if you're a dude, you can, do, you can be anything from a tutor. Uh, the, the Rome had tutors all the time that were slaves. You're teaching, you know, you're teaching the rich guy's son math. You live a real nice life. And you could be a stable hand. You can work the farms. You can work stone. You can, you can on the low, low end of it, work the mines. That's what a lot of these slaves did. They worked the mines. Understand that mining back in the day was, it's not as if it's lovely today. You want to talk about treacherous. You want to talk about no safety standards at all with people you valued, let alone slaves, digging so deep in the ground, tunnels, cave-ins. If you were a slave back then and you were sent to the mines, it's a death sentence. That's a virtual guarantee, and you're not going to live a pleasant life until the day you do die. If you're a woman, I, I mean, it's hard to say. You probably even have it worse. Especially if you're an attractive one. I, I'll just leave it at that. But again, the, the women could have nice lives too, depending on who bought you and what they wanted. There were women who were, I mean, you were just also tutors, uh, cleaning the house, you know, something like that. Or like I said, it could get really, really ugly for you, really, really ugly for you. But slavery was not fun. Slavery was the history of the world, though. Anyway, back to our story. The Macedonians are not the juggernaut on the world stage at this point. There's not a single person on the planet. If you had all these military analysts that were on uh, NBC, ABC, and CBS back in the day, and the, the, the 331 BC version of ABC, you wouldn't have a single military analyst take a look at the world stage and say, you know, those Macedonians are running this place. Everybody would talk about one place and one place only, the Achaemenid Persian Empire. It was gigantic. It was absurdly powerful, absurdly rich. They owned everything. They governed. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world to be governed by the Persian Empire, to get conquered by the Persian Empire. As long as you, Look, you didn't want to make them mad, but... It really wasn't that bad. Well, it wasn't that bad before. It's about to be. I'll explain in a second. Then we'll go into these Fauci emails.
I understand the things you want out of life. And I understand the thing you want the most in life is to be like me. But, Chris, in all seriousness, I I love that you love your Eden Pure Thunderstorms. I love the emails I get. I get them all the time now. Jesse, my allergies. You were right. This thing works. My house smells so good. I, I get it. You can have three Eden Pure Thunderstorms like I do. This week, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. That's absurd. You can have three of these things for under 200 bucks. That's $200 in savings. You just have to go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE and the number three. Do not forget that code or it won't work. EdenPureDeals.com. The code is JESSE and the number three. Go. Be like me. my physical as well as my mental fitness. But I'm looking forward to this, man. You walk behind me in a debate. Come here, man. We can't rebuild our economy and meet this climate crisis. Exacerbating the need for environmental, for environmental justice. Sorry, as a bug. <laughs> Speaking of the environment. We need to work again with Canada and Mexico as neighbors, not as adversaries, as adversaries. Donald Trump does pose an excellent threat to this. The, it's not hypothetical. There's things that are worth killing. People smell weakness. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have Jim Hansen coming up about an hour from now. Former Green Beret Jim Hansen. He's a Washington, D.C. guy now, and he thinks there's something major with these... Capital protesters who were arrested. He thinks there's something big here. We're going to let him expand on that a little. Don't forget, you can email me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single one of them. I will not respond. I get way too many emails, but I read them all. You email it, I'll read it. Back to our story. Let's try to wrap this up here because I have so much to get to now. Including another I told you so from me. What, Chris? You know what we need, Chris? I just thought of this on the air. It's Look, it's called thinking on your feet. It's wh- what? It's We needed a special like I told you so soundtrack for whenever me, the Oracle, is right about something. We, you know we do. You know we do. Uh, of, you know, let's just make it obnoxious, as obnoxious as possible. All right. It wasn't that bad to be under the Persian Empire back in the day. As long as you didn't rebel, pay your taxes, they were one of the most lenient colonizers, if you want to call them that, of, of all time. It was, hey, man, pay your taxes. I don't care who you worship. I don't care what you do. Pay your taxes. When we need troops, send us troops. Other than that, you do your thing. Oh, and the the taxes, they weren't even high. They weren't even that bad. Just, just do your thing. Look, just be part of the Persian Empire. People wanted to be part of the Persian Empire. 
mostly. I say mostly because inevitably, when you expand, you're going to have some very bitter people who didn't want to be conquered. They don't want to pay your taxes. They don't want to be under you, especially people who have historically been great. What do I mean by that? Let's fast forward a bit in our story. Alexander the Great takes his juggernaut army that that his father, Philip II, had built, and Alexander leads a massive invasion of Asia. He is going after the Persian Empire. Should be noted that Alexander the Great actually blames the Persian Empire for assassinating his father. That shouldn't sound weird to you. The Persian Empire was notorious for passing money around everywhere for spies and for assassins. That bodyguard who plunged a dagger into the ribs of Philip II very well could have been paid with Persian money. We don't know. We don't have any idea. But Alexander very much thought he was. And so he's on a mission of revenge. He fights a huge battle against the Persians called the Battle of Granicus or the Battle of Granicus River. Another battle where Alexander's absurdly outnumbered. The Persians, though, are way too cocky, and they get their teeth kicked in by this young upstart. He continues on. He continues winning. He finds a place you may have heard of called Egypt. They were technically under the Persian Empire, but Egypt was notorious. I mean, for everybody, Egypt always rebelled. There was always a rebellion going on in Egypt. They didn't want to be under anyone. They viewed themselves, and still do, as the oldest, greatest empire of all time. And I will tell you, when you look at their history and the length of it, they're not necessarily mistaken. There's in uh, Houston here, where I am, there's a a Museum of Natural Science. Uh, Believe me, I'm not trying to sound like an 85-year-old man. I like museums when they're done well. They can be really cool. I know that's dorky, okay? Stop making fun of me. I can feel your hate through the radio. I can see your mockery, and it's mean. But I like museums, and even if you don't like museums, you would like the Houston Museum of Natural Science. It is absurdly cool. Anyway, they have a huge Egypt section in there. With mummies and stuff like that. Oh, it's awesome. Chris, I don't know what you're nodding your head for. It's like $50 to get in. There's no way you paid those prices. Let me guess. Hold on. Before you say anything, you went on half price day or something, didn't you? You did. (laughs) He did. I knew it. (laughs) Of course you did. Of course he did. Oh, gosh. That's so stereotypical. I hope you're embarrassed right now. I hope you're embarrassed. Now everybody knows. Anyway, Egypt is old and great, and they knew it. I keep getting sidetracked today. This happens when I'm in too good of a mood. What I need to do is start coming in hungover or something, Chris, so I'm just foul. All right. Alexander, he knows logistics are a huge part of his campaign because he is so far from home. When they talk about his conquest of Persia, they make it sound like he conquered this army one day and then took off the next day and did this and the next day did that. No, it was fight a huge battle And then find a soft place to land where you can rest your head, let your men recuperate, and make sure your army's well fed. That's what he found in Egypt. Because Egypt was the one, as nice as they were, who didn't want to be under the Persian yoke anymore. And Alexander, 
a lesson all the other wannabe conquerors should have taken, Alexander was very careful to make sure he presented his conquest as a liberation of the people. Conqueror after conqueror after conqueror screwed this up. It was the great failure of Hitler. It was Hitler's great failure. I mean, I realize he was no military genius either. But if he could have set aside his anti-Semitism, which I know is asking a lot to ask Hitler, that's pretty much defined him. But if he could have, or even just hit it, you know, you don't have to, he didn't have to love Jews, but just don't murder all of them. Hitler would have conquered Russia. You realize that. They hated their government in Russia. They were perfectly happy to be liberated, except these idiot Nazis storm in and start murdering all the Jews and gypsies and everybody else. So they made themselves hated too. That Take that. Take note. If you ever decide you're going to lead an army and conquer Mexico, as we've talked about several times on this show, what, Chris? You must present yourself as a liberator. You cannot present yourself as the new king who's here to smite them. Anyway, Alexander does this well. His army gets rested and recuperated. By now, Darius III, that's the only other name I'm going to give you today, Darius III, he's the big cheese in the Persian Empire. By now, he understands this Alexander guy is a serious, serious problem We are in a lot of trouble. He had previously been very dismissive of him. And when your title is King of Kings, that's what the Persian King's title was. You tend to be fairly dismissive when you've been running the Persian empire. You don't worry about really anyone. Well, now he realizes he has a problem on his hands and his problem is on his own soil. So he gathers a massive force an absolutely massive force. And they set out. Now, this is one of history's great screw-ups militarily of all time. How big was it? Well, I'll explain in a minute. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I need a dip. I think about that every single time I eat to this day. It took me years to quit dipping because I dipped for years. And to this day, I'm 39 years old. I will eat a meal and think to myself, oh man, I need a dip. And there are times still where I would break if it wasn't for Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew allows me to put in a dip. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut. They have four different flavors of the CBD pouches. Those are the ones I highly recommend those. But it's tobacco-free, and it's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. It will help you quit, and it will make sure... You stay quit, if that's how you put that. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10% off. 
That is such a beautiful jam. Thank you for bringing us back with that. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, man, it is such a fun show. I'm so excited for the announcement. Chris, it's killing me. Now, I'm not going to say anything because everyone knows that. And again, let me clarify. You did not miss the big announcement coming for the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't worry, you didn't miss it. There is a chance it will come before the end of the show today. If not today, I'm guessing tomorrow. It's not in my control. So you didn't miss it. Let me clarify something else. Do not email me, call me, or text me asking me about it. I've said this nine times. I'm not going to give you a hint. I'm not allowed to say anything. Contractually, I'm not allowed to say anything. Even if I was allowed, I wouldn't say anything because you know I'm not the one who says anything about anything. So I'm not doing it. I will tell you and I will give you every detail the second I am allowed to. I'm not holding out on you trying to do some super long radio tease here. Back to our story before we get to Fauci and a new hack and everything else. One of the great military blunders of all time was this. Darius III sends an army to go stop Alexander the Great, who was already winning everywhere he went because that's what Alexander the Great did. And there was a way, a route to get into the heart of the Persian Empire called the Gates. And no, it's different than the 300 gates. We're in a totally different part of the world here. Stay focused. Anyway, it was called the gates. One of those places where if you put the men and resources there, it was impregnable. You were simply not going to get through it. Alexander the Great's entire campaign stops there if the Persians get there and dig in. Instead, they send this tiny little force there that just gets brushed aside by Alexander. And I want you to understand this. Alexander the Great was understandably the cockiest human being in the history of mankind. He thought he was part God. His parents, I believe, I think his, I think his mother, if I remember right, told him he was a descendant of Hercules. I'm not making this up. Like the, and, and, and up to this point, he's seen nothing to prove him otherwise. So we're talking about the cockiest human being on the planet. He admitted... Later on, my entire campaign stops and fails if they had just built up that gate. Like he said it. They could have stopped me right here. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they didn't stop me right here. Darius chooses not to stop him there. Instead, chooses to set up on a plane, a big wide open plane, and crush this whippersnapper once and for all. How is he going to crush Alexander the Great? Well, Alexander the Great has roughly 47,000 troops. How many does Darius have? I don't know, but it's a lot. The reason I say I don't know is because I've read five things on this last night, and it ran the gamut from 150,000 to a million. They think he might have had a million. Now that's absurd. I don't think you could. I don't think you could field an army that size back then. Let's just call it a quarter million. 
Let's call it a quarter million. That's a nice number. But understand when I say that, I have no idea. Absolutely not. The place is called Galgamela. Alexander the Great sets up on a hill. The hill overlooking the plain. Darius again made a mistake. He had the hill and then gave up the hill and gave it to Alexander. Alexander the Great, his men are saying things to him like, uh, boss, we're just a little bit outnumbered here. What are we going to do? Alexander the Great, I'm paraphrasing, says, well, we're going to go kill them all. He has a plan. He rests his men. He observes. Darius, because he's not on the hill, his men have to remain alert at all times and forced to wait. But he's not all that concerned. Why? Well, he has 30,000 cavalry alone. And a lot of his cavalry is are these things called scythed chariots. What you need to understand about a scythed chariot is, I know you know what a chariot is. This is a chariot with a gigantic blade sticking out each wheel. And yes, they do exactly what you think they do. They turn over really, really fast and they chop people in half. The chariot drives by you and chops you in half. If you're lucky, it'll only slice off your leg. If you happen to be kneeling, well, don't lose your head. This is terrifying for an army to face. Unless your army's Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great knows this is coming. Instead, he just sets his troops up really, really, really far apart. Instead of standing side by side so the chariots can just ride through and slice everyone open, he spreads his men out. The chariots charge. The men just simply step aside and spear the charioteers on the way by. That's Alexander the Great, people. All right, we're pretty much done here. Hang on, we'll finish this up. And then Fauci, hang on. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's put a wrap on our story here. 
The cavalry for the Persians, they attacked Alexander, but Alexander's cavalry was simply better. He fought off his cavalry while at the same time exposing a gigantic uh, gap in his line. The Persians charged it, but Alexander the Great had left that gap there on purpose as bait. He then circled around behind, charged their king who had to flee the field of battle. The Persian Empire, this was its final day. They collapsed after this. Where am I going with all this? Well, I'll explain in just a moment. We're going to get to Dr. Fauci. We're going to get to this new hacking thing. It is time to dig in on the issues. Hang on. See Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Man, this guy's great. Do you plan on sending your kid to college? Just a question. Just a question. No judgment here. Are you planning on sending your kids to an American university? If you are, maybe just maybe just pause that decision making until we get done with this week's this week in wokeism. Well, I mean, maybe if you're sending your kid to college, you should avoid Villanova. I want to say that the Marxist foundation of critical race theory is at base a spiritual concern. Marx was concerned that our modern systems were flattening that humanity and, and alienating us from the creative endeavors that, that we were, uh, well, Christians would say, we were designed to uh, emulate and to, and to practice. So the core question for critical race theory is one of releasing people, especially people of color, especially black people, from uh, the oppressive systems that deny us access to our species being, including racism. It's Marxism, my point being critical race theory's Marxism is function is fundamentally a spiritual uh, concern. Still sending your kid to school? How much are you gonna pay for that? 20, 30, $40,000. That was me. Of course that was me because it was so brilliant on my TV show on the first. The show is called I'm Right. It's on every single night, 9 o'clock Eastern time. But now you're listening to the Jesse Kelly show. 
before I get into Fauci, before I get into the hacking, before I get into everything, let's talk about something real quick. You can lose entire wars by not holding on to one critical thing. You know, like Darius III could have, st- could have stopped Alexander the Great, but didn't send men to the gate. Could have stopped him. Alexander the Great, you probably don't know his name if Darius III sends an army and stops him in the gate. I was reading about this story last night, and I thought to myself, as I look at how much the world has gone mad, how much America itself has gone mad, I mean, every single part of it seems to be infected. And I think to myself, did we win the Cold War? Did we actually stop the communists? Oh, I realize we beat the Soviet Union. I'm not, I'm not debating that, but did we? Did we win the actual Cold War if it was against communism? Yeah, wrap your mind around this. Wrap your mind around this. That all of America, the country was committed to defeating communism back in the day. Committed to it. And understandably so because it's the opposite of everything our culture stands for. You know, individual liberty, belief in God, things like that. That's what American culture is. I don't care whether that's what you believe. That's what American culture is. It's what makes our country culture unique. Federal government is small. There are, there are limited things the government can do to you. Our laws are based on uh, the Judeo-Christian values. That's, just, that's our culture. That's the culture of our society. Communism stands opposite of all those things. We fought hard against it, as we should have. But wrap your mind around this. Communists now educate your kids. Not even just in college. Communists, as you just heard in that clip, they educate your kids in college. They educate your kids in grade school. Communists now bring you the news every single night. Wrap your mind around that. The American people fought all these wars and fought, did all this fighting against communism, and now the American people end up a long, hard day, sit down, turn on the TV. Honey, thanks for dinner. I love that fettuccine. Let's see what's on the news. And they get their news from communists. The products we buy. Communists. You enjoying LGBTQ plus month yet? Have you seen enough rainbow to last you a lifetime yet? Enjoying that? Enjoying that cultural Marxism? So it's a good time, right? Maybe we didn't hold the gate. Maybe we should have held the gate more. Email. Sylvia. Masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through material. That's weird. Who is that? Chris, who is this fake news guy denying the science out there about masks? 
I want to know who this science denier is who won't listen to the experts and won't listen to the doctors. This is absurd. We have to put a stop to this guy now. Let's get a hold of someone, make sure his social media accounts are banned. We're not going to have fake news spread around. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me see this. Oh, that was sent by one Anthony Fauci. Sent it to Sylvia Burwell on February 5th, 2020. I'm not going to go into the gigantic Fauci emails specifically today. In case you're wondering, BuzzFeed, to their credit, want to make sure I give them credit, they did a massive FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, soliciting Dr. Fauci's emails because he's a government employee. These are government emails. They got a hold of them. I'm not going to go into all the details because the details don't matter. What does matter is this. You know that guy out there who's been telling you none of what you see is real, everything the system tells you is a lie, so on. That guy who's been saying that, who's that guy? Oh, that's me. Yeah, he was right the whole time. The emails show for a fact. Dr. Fauci knew very early on your stupid masks are stupid. He knew very early on there's a chance this thing came from a lab. He knew he knew all the things you know now and that you've known for a while. He knew them too. But he went on TV time and time again and he scared the American people to death. And now the economy is in shambles. The mental health of a nation is in shambles. Trillions in damage. The lives lost, not from COVID, from all the other things that stem from our COVID stuff, the lives lost, lives destroyed, it's, it's unquantifiable. It's unquantifiable. And yet he's out there selling a book. He'll never be held to account. None of these people will. And I have a couple things I need to say about it. And they're both going to be hard to hear. One, Some of this is on Donald Trump. Who put Anthony Fauci in front of a camera? Time and time and time again. Who put Anthony Fauci in front of a camera? Who? Don't act like Joe Biden hired Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci, every single day. Sitting down with the president. Lockdown, mask, we're going to die. Lockdown, mask, we're going to die. Trump gave that man the pulpit. Now you can say, ah, Trump changed his mind. Yeah, when it was too late. Right about the time it was too late, he changed his mind. That's one. You know what the second hard thing to hear is? I'll tell you in a second. This is going to hurt. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster? You know it doesn't have to be ugly, right? I mean, I've talked to you a hundred times behind this microphone about the quality, the quality of Northwest retention systems. Well, I mean, 
It's custom-made. Of course there's quality. Custom-made here in America. So the quality is absurd. What I haven't talked to you enough about is how good these things look. Do me a favor. Go to nwretention.com while we're talking. If you're in a safe place to do so, nwretention.com. And look at the quality, but look at the designs. I already own the Join or Die holster. I am considering, not that I want to switch, I tend to want to stick with one thing. I'm considering switching to the 1776 holster. I don't know. We'll have to see. NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, J-E-S-S-E, at checkout. That gets you 10% off. Again, promo code JESSE for 10% off. obvious question is why are there any restrictions there are because in a certain situation one can get vaccinated have no clinical disease at all but get infected and not even know it and have replication of virus in your nasopharynx and inadvertently transmit it to somebody else who might actually be unvaccinated and get ill that's the reason why you want to wear a mask oh that's dr fauci <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly show, 877-377-4373. We got Jim Hansen coming up in about 10 minutes from now. He's going to be talking to us about January 6th. This whole narrative about January 6th and the insurrection and the coup, the, it seems to be coming apart. Remember we had Julie Kelly on last week and she talked about there being, I think it was 40,000 hours, 40,000 hours of videotape they won't release of the coup, the insurrection. Why? Well, Jim Hansen has some stuff on that too. We'll talk about that. All right. Now I promised you a second hard truth about all this Fauci stuff. The first one was this. That's Donald Trump's guy. That's Donald Trump's guy. Donald Trump gave that guy the big mic. Time and time and time again, he did. The second hard truth is this. And this is going to hurt. You know China's going to do this again, right? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not. But I want you to look at this. Remember, we always have to try to look at this through the eyes of our enemies. How do they see us? That's how you come up with a strategy. What is he seeing? What is he thinking? If you're China, what have you seen? Whether they did it intentionally or otherwise, China got a virus out to the world. We are their number one enemy. China, to their credit, is very open about that. We're the only ones who don't seem to acknowledge it. They got a virus out to the world. They have a stated intention in China of of taking over For the United States as the number one superpower in the world. They want us brought down and then brought up. Okay, we know that. They get a virus that gets out intentionally or otherwise. And what happened? Well, let me see here. Um, Well, the United States of America piled so much debt on itself by shutting down its own economy 
that we are now staring hyperinflation in the face. Everyone's food prices, everyone's prices on everything are going up as we speak. That's, you know that's directly because of all the money we printed because of our coronavirus lockdowns, right? Okay, so we stopped the economy from moving. We printed trillions in unbacked currency. We propped up a bunch of big companies that should have been allowed to go bankrupt uh, simply because we thought it would be too hard on the economy. Okay, so China watched the West do that. What else did it watch the West do? Well, let me see. Uh, massive civil unrest across the nation. It watched with pleasure BLM and Antifa burn down cities across America. That was also directly linked to COVID and the anger out there and the mental illness and everything else. Okay, so China's sitting back watching that. And then China, what else did they watch? They watched the first anti-China president we've had in decades. Decades. Donald Trump, they watched him lose an election. Do you think China thinks about coronavirus and says to itself, oh, man, we really screwed up with that one. We need to tighten things up. Or do you think China looks at coronavirus and says to itself, oh, man, that worked even better than expected. Also, zero repercussions, zero significant repercussions for China so far. And I do mean zero. Oh, yeah, you have a little more tough talk out of this country and a little more tough talk out of that country. China's still on every U.N. thing. China's still being traded with by everybody, including us. China China didn't get cut off from the world. They didn't get sanctions levied on them. They didn't. Nobody declared war. China's still full steam ahead. Oh, I know what you're saying. Oh, but they had a bunch of people die, too. Those communist scumbags don't care. They're communists. They're happy when countrymen die. That's fewer people on the on the public dole. Let's get another one out to the people. Get rid of some of these old people. They're just a burden anyway. That's communism. They, they don't care. So, if you're China and you take a step back, and believe me, China has. They think about things very strategically. You take a step back and you look at coronavirus. In all the things that came with coronavirus. Are you looking at that and saying to yourself, man, that was a big screw up? Or are you saying to yourself, we need to do that again? And I know what you're thinking right now. What you're thinking is, no, Jesse, the American people have learned their lesson. Never again will they allow themselves to be fooled by the experts and people on television. Oh, yeah, they will. Yes, they will. Because you can you can be angry at Dr. Fauci or angry at the government or angry at this mayor or angry at this governor or the media or anybody, anyone you want to be angry about, about our idiotic coronavirus response. You can be. That's fine. You, it's fine. But have we as a nation... Have we grown stronger mentally in the last year or not? That's the only question you need to ask yourself. Are we right now stronger mentally than we were last year? If the answer to that question is no, and I say the answer to that question is unquestionably, I don't know if you should use those words in a sentence, and I say the answer to that question is unquestionably no, then you know what will change next time? Nothing. They'll put out a virus. 
They'll show you news story after news story after news story of people dying. And everyone's going to die. And your mom's going to die. And little Timmy's going to die. And grandpa's going to die. And everyone's going to die. The teachers are going to die. Doctors are dying. Everyone's dying. Unless you go home right now and stand on your head in the front lawn. You must go home and stand on your head in order to prevent yourself from dying from this virus. And every news article will be about you dying because you won't stand on your head. And why isn't everyone standing on their head? And the actor will put out a PSA, go home and stand on your head. Look at me. I'm standing on my head on Instagram. And the president and the senators will tell you you have to stand on your head. And you'll be standing on your head in the front lawn at about 10 minutes trying to prevent little Bryson from dying. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Unless you're mentally tougher now than you were before. Now, I'm sure you probably are individually. But do you really believe as a nation, as a nation, we are mentally tough enough to look at a, quote, expert in a doctor's lab coat on TV next time and say, nope, not buying it. Absolutely not. I think I'll do research on my own. I think I'll wait and see. I think I'll think for myself. I think the mayor won't be closing my small business. I'm opening tomorrow no matter what. Bring the cops. I'll bring my lawyer. Do you think America is strong enough for that next time? Do you think they are? I still know people in my personal life. They show up to events. Happened, uh, what, two months ago? No, one month ago. Showed up to an event, big kid's birthday party, and we're in Texas. You know, no one, no one's wearing a mask down here anymore, hardly anybody. Showed up to a kid's birthday party, both their kids, both under 10 years old, in a mask. No science behind that. No logic behind that. No nothing. You're telling me this nation is strong enough now to withstand it the next time? Because they're going to make it look scary, I promise you. And you're going to come on here and you're going to call into my show and say, Jesse, this time it's different. Didn't you see? It won't be different. And sadly, our reaction won't be different either. What happened on January 6th? Let's talk to Jim Hansen about it next. Hang on. worst part about quitting dipping or quitting smoking, it's actually not the lack of nicotine. I mean, that's not fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not putting down the addictive properties of nicotine. It's not the lack of nicotine, or at least it wasn't for me. When I was trying to quit dipping, the worst thing was the lack of something in my lip, especially at a time when I was used to having something in my lip. Like I would, I would get in a routine. I've told you before, I always dipped after meals. Have a meal, throw a dip in. Breakfast, throw a dip in. Lunch, throw a dip in. Dinner, throw a dip in. Not having that to throw in, just, it was too much. That's why Jake's Mint Chew is so brilliant. Because it allows me to throw a dip in. Now, it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. But I still get that feeling of something in there. And the CBD pouches, they work for smokers, too. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. For 20% off.
the data shows young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. But they don't have lawyers, they don't have, they, they, they don't have accountants, but they have great ideas. <laughs> That's Joe Biden. I guess he doesn't know that black people can be accountants too. And lawyers. <laughs> Joining me now to talk about that and other crazy things, my buddy Jim Hansen, former Green Beret, author of Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. Jim, let's start with the Joe Biden thing right off the bat. I, I, look, I don't think Joe Biden's some card-carrying racist. And to be honest, I don't really care if he is or not because he's a half-functional adult. What I do care about is they get away with this stuff all the time. Joe Biden thinks it's 1940, Jim. Joe Biden doesn't know whether it's morning, noon, or night. He just knows he wants butterscotch pudding this afternoon before his nap. I mean, that's that's shameful, dude. It's It's not so much that, like you said, he's actively racist. It's that he's so soft bigotry of low expectations having that he doesn't believe. He doesn't literally think that black people can succeed unless their nice white knights are taking care of them. And that's disgraceful and, and embarrassing, you know, for anybody who wants to think this country is better than that. Amen. All right, Jim, January 6th. Uh, look, we were all told we were beaten over the face by the system that day. And for a couple weeks after the system insisted that there was an insurgency and a coup, and we almost lost America that day. Jim, time is not being very kind to that narrative, to put it mildly, is it? Oh, no. And right now, the government just released a an indictment. They keep adding to it, and every time they add to it, it gets worse. Against a, a small group, I think they're up to like eight or nine people now, they are they are accusing of having a conspiracy to stop the Electoral College certification. Essentially, that's the insurrection that they're inventing. And the problem is the government's own indictment would be perfect for the defense attorney to just point at it and say, um, excuse me, you just cleared my clients of conspiring to do what you claim they did. It shows that that's not what they were doing. So I think it's uh, it's part of the partisan attack and the attempt to criminalize conservatism that the left's doing. But they're going to run into the fact that legally what they claim happened didn't happen, and they they can't prove otherwise. Jim, what do you think? What does Jim Hansen think happened that day? Lay it out for us. Dude, a bunch of people. There were 25, 50, 75,000 people in D.C. who were angry about one of the worst elections we've ever held in our history. I mean, it was disgraceful. Whatever you believe about what cheating and fraud happened, they definitely loosened all restrictions on mail-in voting, absentee voting, matching signatures, and a bunch of stuff. It was disgraceful. And they gathered in D.C. to, you know, petition their government for regressive grievances, which is 100 percent legal. The problem is there were some people who were too angry. They got mad. They busted in, you know, and whatever Antifa involvement there was, it wasn't enough. There were our people there, and they some of them hit cops. They should be, you know, charged for that. Some of them broke windows. They should be charged for that. But what did not happen was a planned insurrection to take over or shut down the function of government. That's an invention by the left, and we need to fight it completely. Okay, Jim, the average American, 
when they're they're constantly being fed misinformation all the time. I mean, look, the average American, at least half the country, probably thinks there was an insurrection and a coup and things like that. How are we supposed to overcome that kind of information onslaught, all controlled by the left? Are we overcoming it? Are we losing that battle? I know it's done damage, but where are we in the fight? Well, here's the thing. Look at things that have happened that we just assumed the government would get away with. Fauci's emails came out. All of a sudden, we're finding out he was lying to us all this time, and the media is having to backtrack. So we keep catching them, and and the problem is they get away with it, and then we catch them. They get away with it, and we catch them. But now, every time they do that, their credibility goes down, and people go to alternative sources of information like, oh, I don't know, the Jesse Kelly show. You and me, other people like us, and more people stand up every day and say, I'm not going to listen to their garbage, or if I do have to watch it, at least I know it's a lie, and then I can go reality check it with other sources. So it's painful to see them get away with it, but that's the whole point of doing what we do, is we are not losing this anymore. We've begun the counterattack, and, and we got a long way to go, but at least we're fighting Oh, I think we may have just lost Jim Hansen there. Uh, but look, it, this happens to people. Uh, honestly, Chris, this has happened every single time we've lost someone. What happens is they're so overwhelmed in awe of me, sometimes they just can't speak. What, Chris? Sometimes they can't speak anymore. They're thinking to themselves, man, I can't believe I'm actually talking to the Jesse Kelly. This is like the greatest day of my life. And then they're not able to go on. But look, Jim, look, he, he nailed it. By the way, if you miss any part of the show, if you miss any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on podcast after on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. You, what? Chris, don't roll your eyes. I have new reviews, by the way. I told you we read the good ones on the air. This one's titled, Love This Guy. This is a great podcast, especially because of the history lessons. I'm 14, and my dad showed this to me so we can both laugh at liberal stupidity. <laughs> this is this one's titled, ooh, this is spicy, Chris, Secret Admirer. I am writing this review in secret fear that my husband will see me reviewing someone so handsome. Continue your great work, and I will continue to listen, dot, 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 in secret. <laughs> you idiots. This one's titled, So Handsome. I am a strapping 6'4 masculine stud, and most of my self-worth is tied up in being the tallest, handsomest dude in the room. Imagine my shame in encountering this 6'8 Adonis. Now I know what all those pathetic, short, ugly guys are so mad about whenever I'm around. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse Kelly, for reminding me how the other half lives. <laughs> this one's titled Swag Kelly. Dr. Drip got everything you're looking for. What's Dr. Drip mean, Chris? Do I want I don't want to know? It's too complicated. You know what, Chris? That's not very nice. You know, we're coming back to that in a second. Let me finish this review. Between soaking in sunroof tan lines and imposing his wealth of community college knowledge, he is a one-stop shop for eyes and ears. Let's address something you just said, Chris. Too complicated. You know something else Jewish producer Chris said to me during the break? We were talking about uh, some changes we have upcoming to our technical stuff. It's nothing I'm going to bore you with because it's nothing I can explain to you. Either way, 
our, our computer systems and stuff like that here. They, there's, we have a bunch of monitor thingies in front of us, and there are all kinds of buttons in here. Don't rub your head, Chris. Anyway, I'm not what you would call very good at that stuff. All right? It's a bunch of buttons and knobs, and there's these little gauge thingies that go up and down, and there's all kinds of stuff. That's Chris's area. Chris has expressed frustration in the past that I am unable and or unwilling to advance technologically. I think this, these are the vibes I'm picking up from Chris. He thinks I'm not trying. Now, in all seriousness, that may be partially true. Partially true. But when I do try, it doesn't work. And he says, he thinks I don't care either. See, that's more what it is. That's more what it is because he's a huge nerd. And you have to understand we got the new sound reference back. And th- I don't care. Does the microphone work? Why do I care about any of this? That's your area to care about. You know what? I'm not done with this yet. And we have emails and we have Iran and all kinds of stuff. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. You know you can have three Eden Pure Air air purifiers like me? Three of them. I own three of them. Now, full disclosure, I didn't buy three right off the bat. I got one. And I loved it so much, I turned around and bought two more. When you have an air purifier that doesn't take up a bunch of space, it just fits right in your outlet, when it doesn't make a whole bunch of racket, and yet it completely cleans all the odor out of my air, it kills mildew, it kills viruses, it kills bacteria. When you have an air purifier like that, you tend to want to get more of them. Well, this week, you can get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for under $200. That's a $200 savings for you. $200 savings. But you have to do this. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com. You have to put in the code word Jesse and the number three. That's what'll do it. EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the code word Jesse and the number three. That saves you two hundred dollars. The data shows young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. But they don't have lawyers, they don't have, they, they, they don't have accountants, but they have great ideas. <laughs> that's the president, that's the president of the United States. Man, Chris, we have some work to do in this country. Why don't black people have lawyers and accountants? I mean, Joe Biden, he really does. He exists in a world that was even before his world. Uh, he does get that all black people aren't the same, right? That because he sees some poor black people on TV and, and, and maybe a bad part of a big city, that that's not 
all black people. Black people are not a monolith. They're actually, believe it or not, I know this is going to blow people away. Black people are individuals. I know. I know. It's crazy, Chris. It's What one does actually doesn't magically appear on another one. You have, oh, you, oh, gosh, yes. Please play that, Chris. It's my favorite one. Play it. The, uh, the other part, portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine. <laughs> in, in, in Joe Biden's world. Black people, here's look, this is the reality of it. Again, I don't know that Joe Biden's a racist. I, I'm not saying that. You know I don't go around calling everybody a racist. I, 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 frankly, I think racism is like at the bottom of a long, long list of problems we have in this country. I just view everybody as having some prejudice. Uh, let's just set that aside. So I'm not saying that. But in Joe Biden's mind, when Joe Biden thinks about black people, Joe Biden thinks about an extremely poor person in the ghetto who doesn't have any money for internet, who can't speak or read properly, certainly doesn't have an accountant or a lawyer. And in Joe Biden's mind, that's black people. That, that's just what they are. And look, that's how they talk. I, what? <laughs> it's just, that's how, that's how they think. Go, Chris. If you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> you see what I mean? In Joe Biden's mind, that's just, that's, you know, he says things like blacks. And in his mind, oh, that's all blacks. You know it is. That's how Joe Biden thinks about things. That's how he thinks about race. It's just, it is what it is, man. Speaking of, speaking of prejudice and things like that, Chris. Remember we got that email last week? Somebody was extremely offended that I called Jewish producer Chris, Jewish producer Chris, offended on Chris's behalf, you know. I, I guarantee all Jews find this hurtful and whatnot. And I read the hate mail on the air just because I thought it was entertaining. I wasn't trying to upset you, but I got it, I got it a couple emails like this. Let me let me address this right off the bat. This email goes, I am in the middle of listening to Friday's show, and I once again, and I'm once again embarrassed by my fellow Jews. My experience as an Orthodox Jew has been that more, the more religious Jews are less likely to be offended by things like this because our religion isn't about other people, but instead it's between us and God. Religious Jews are proud of our Jewishness. I didn't know Jewishness was a word. Anyway, we, since we live it every day and it's part of our identity, so calling us Jewish is something we are proud of. I'll bet the people who you offended aren't religious and are probably just culturally Jewish. The only time I'm offended about something related to Jewish is when people refer to the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds don't exist in America, and that's usually meant in an anti-Semitic way, implying Jewish control of the banks. It's never based on their personal experience because they never met anyone related to the famous Rothschilds from Europe who aren't in America. I don't know about this Rothschilds thing, Chris. Is this a is this like the Illuminati? heard about Jews controlling the banking industry. I didn't, I've never heard the name Rothschilds before. The Rothschilds are real people. I'm going to get yelled at for not knowing about this. I didn't know about this at all. Anyway, 
What is offensive about, about you is that you are pretending that Jewish producer Chris actually exists, when in reality we all know he's just your imaginary friend. Hence the countless emails I've already sent your way with my What Chris t-shirt designs. It's hilarious how many people think you're imaginary, Chris. Chris, once again, we've done this before. Let's do it again for everybody. I want you to say something on the air so everybody can hear that you're real. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three, go. See? I told you he's real. Anyway, look. I wasn't I wasn't reading the hate mail about someone being offended to rile you up or, or to get you fired up or anything like that. I think it's funny. Look, I'm offensive. I'm an abrasive person. I'm a jerk. I understand that I can be uh, direct. If you're a sensitive person, if you're one of these people who offends easily, this is probably not going to be your show. And that's okay. Look, there are a million and one shows out there. I, the, the, I, on the radio, I, look at your dial right now. You can turn to anything and listen to anyone you want. There are a million and one shows out there who will be 100% PC all the time, and you'll never be offended. This ain't that show. Let's talk about Iran and a little more on Dr. Fauci. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Send me your emails. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all off for me. I read all of them. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. Remember, I'm answering the Ask Dr. Jesse questions at least one or two per show throughout the week. And I'm doing that for a couple reasons. One, I get so many questions now I, that I don't get to a lot of them. And I try to get to as many as possible. And two, and this is probably the biggest reason I start answering them throughout the week. I, I really just love the sound of my own voice. What, Chris? All right, we're going to talk about Iran and Black Lives Matter. Hang on. 
Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. The joint session of Congress, according to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. Is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Got an article here from my buddy Mia Cathell. Hate hoax. Black Lives Matter activists claimed she was the victim of hate crimes, including arson. Video shows she started the fire. Gee, it almost feels like we've seen this before. Let, let me help you out with something here. I understand the concept of race. Talking about race gets uncomfortable for people. But I'm an offensive person, as you know, so I'm just going to come on out and just say this. <clears throat> the second somebody announces they're the victim of a, of a hate crime, you should immediately be cynical and wait for the facts. I didn't say accuse them publicly of being a liar and a race hoaxer and a scumbag. I didn't say that at all. I just simply said, as soon as you hear hate crime, hoax, someone drew a swastika on something, somebody set something on fire, immediately do absolutely nothing but sit and wait. Sit and wait. Because here's the truth. The system. It's, the, it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. The system has decided they want you to believe that Airfinger's, quote, white supremacy is a massive danger right now in the United States of America. Why are they selling you that? They're selling you that because the system is all run by the communists, and the communists want every excuse they can get to use the law to go after Republicans. This is simply it's simply an avenue they're trying to use to go after their political opponents. It's nothing it's not more complicated than that. All right. It has nothing to do with skin color even. This is something they think they can use to go after their political opponents. It's it's the reason they jumped on January 6th so hard and so fast. They just it, it's giving that what you're a domestic terrorist. I see you in your Facebook picture with your MAGA hat on. This guy could blow it any minute. We better confiscate his guns. It's that kind of thing. It's real, really creepy stuff. But that's all the white supremacy thing is. But the system has told you that it's rampant, and it's told you there's nothing worse in this world. Now hold on. Let's pause here for a moment. Obviously, you don't really want to be a white supremacist. That's a bit of a scumbag thing to do. But we don't have a racism problem on that level in the United States of America. We simply do not. But the system has told you there's nothing worse you can be. What does that mean? Here's what it means. If you are exposed 
as a white supremacist or even somebody who at any point in your life has said anything that can be viewed as racist, or maybe you did say something racist. I don't know. Most people have in private somewhere, somehow. Don't lie. I know you probably have. If it comes out, if you're exposed, what will happen to you? Let's say you sent a, uh, a racially inappropriate meme to one of your buddies. Not even, not even yesterday, five years ago. Text him back and forth, sent one to your buddies. It comes out. What will happen to you? Your life will be destroyed for one. Your job, just say goodbye to your job immediately. They, they, it will get to your employer. They will make sure it gets to your employer. Your job will be gone. Your children's reputations will be destroyed. Almost undoubtedly, you will have these radical street communist groups coming to your home, either vandalizing it or openly rioting and threatening you in front of your home. There will be no police action taken against them. It will only be against you. Your life will be wrecked. You'll probably have to leave town, if not the country, for a week or so while the heat dies down, and you'll come back unemployed and unemployable for some time. That's what will happen to you. What does that mean? It means we have successfully shamed white supremacy out of our society entirely. It's it's not there in any significant way. It's just not because society has determined that that is the worst thing you can possibly be. We've determined it. The system has determined there's no bigger scarlet letter, so it's gone. But at the same time, the system is telling you it's everywhere and it's prevalent and it could bring down America. What is this doing? Well, remember what a culture is, right? We've talked about it a thousand times on the show. What is a culture? A culture is simply what your nation or what your tribe, it's what it incentivizes and it's what it disincentivizes. That's all culture is. There are cultures out there. Remember we did a story on the Apaches yesterday and how the Apache way of life were, they were raiders. That's what they did. They kidnapped, killed people, and stole things. Now, you can look, at, you can look down on that. And in our Judeo-Christian society, you probably do. That looks wrong, right? It looks like murder and theft. And that's fine if you look down on that. But if you were a young man or a young woman born in an Apache tribe back then, I don't care what you say now, that's what you would have strived to be. Me, I'm 39 years old. That's still young enough. Instead of doing this radio show today, I would have been on horseback out there trying to murder people and kidnap women and kids. That's terrible to think about, right? I mean, I hope, hopefully I never do such a thing, but my culture told me that's what I'm supposed to be. It's what was incentivized. Go steal something. Go kidnap some people for ransom. Oh, hey, we got somebody. Jesse, you feel like torturing him today? Yeah, let's do it horribly. All this stuff sounds terrible to you, and understandably so, but it's what their culture incentivized. That's all your culture is. What your culture incentivizes and what it disincentivizes. Our culture disincentivizes white supremacy. Obviously, probably a good thing, but it's gone so over the top now that if you even sniff it, your life is ruined. But that's what it disincentivizes. What does it incentivize? It incentivizes being a victim. There's, let's be, there's nothing greater in America today that you can be. 
the system has determined it's, I mean, it's, it's your highest achievement is victim. We've had this talk before on the show about, uh, yeah, Chris brings up Oprah. This is a great example. We've had to talk about Oprah on the show. LeBron, the Obamas, all three of them, the wealthiest, most powerful, most famous people on the planet, not in America, on the planet, on just success, absurd amounts of success. What does LeBron do? What does LeBron do after achieving it all? Does a race hoax on himself in his own home? What does Oprah do? I'm almost positive Oprah's a billionaire. I have that right, right, Chris? I think she's a billionaire, probably several times over. Keep in mind, this is a woman. I don't know if she still does this. I know she used to. She's so wealthy. She had her own private helicopter in Chicago. That's where she did her show. She may still do her show from there. I don't know. She didn't want to wait in traffic. She would take her private helicopter from rooftop to rooftop in the skyscrapers in downtown Chicago so she never had to touch traffic. That's the level of success we're talking about here. Chris said she's worth $3.5 billion. Yeah, yeah. That's the level of success we're talking about? Oprah can't stop talking about how, how racist America is. The Obamas, same thing. President of the United States of America will go down in history as being one of the leaders of a nation. Now worth millions and millions and millions. House, house on Martha's Vineyard. What do they want to be? A victim. Because that's what our culture incentivizes. All right, we're finally getting to Iran and some of your emails next. Hang on. Like and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. You know what's better than owning an Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier? Owning three of them. I own three of them. I mean, look, your home, no matter what, I understand you probably keep a clean home. There's no judgment here, but your home, it has paint in it, it has carpet in it. These things absorb smells over time. And look, maybe it's cigarettes, maybe it's pets. Maybe it's just cooking. It'll, it'll, it'll soak up your cooking smells. Mold, mildew, these, they soak into your home. You realize the Eden Pure Thunderstorm works so well, it can get rid of those? I own three of them. I keep one in my room. It's so good for my allergies at night. One in my son's room, the other in our living area. You can get three right now and save $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in the code word JESSE and the number three. EdenPureDeals.com. The code is JESSE and the number is three. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we have more to talk about here. Let's first dig into this, Chris. I was going to talk about Anthony Fauci to release his book and appear in a Disney-backed documentary. I can't do any more Fauci today. I can't do it. We already talked about Fauci. If you missed that, 
or any other part of the show. You can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star review. Talking about how handsome I am. It's important. We read the ones earlier. It's important for the growth of the show, Chris. Let's, let's address something right here. There's a headline out there. Iran's largest warship catches fire, sinks in the Gulf of Oman. This is from foxnews.com. Chris, I'm looking at you, pal. We all know why Iran's largest ship, naval vessel, sunk to the bottom of the Gulf. And oh, by the way, it says in all these articles, sunk under uncertain circumstances. Uh, Allow me to make it more certain for you. Israel's absurdly cool special forces, undoubt. I bet you money, they boarded that warship. They planted something. It ignited and sunk the thing to the bottom. Let me explain something to you about naval vessels. And I'm not the expert on this. I know a little bit about a little bit. I know just enough to be dangerous on it, but I will explain something to you. Because I'm a history geek, perhaps perhaps you've heard, I'm a history freak. I love it. I also love naval battles, historical naval battles, especially because they don't happen anymore, right? I I think there's there's something about ships on the ocean firing big guns at each other that I find to be really, really cool. Well, in the relatively modern era of naval battles, I'm talking about World War II-era battles and World War I-era battles, Ships are really, really strong. Their armor's really strong. Their weapons are really strong. But they hold a lot of explosive things. Not just the magazine where all the powder and shells are. The fuel. How much is an aircraft carrier weigh? I think it's 40,000 tons. 40,000 tons. Do you have any idea how much... Energy it takes to power something that's 40,000 tons through the water. How much, how much flammable stuff it takes to get that thing a moving. I understand they're nuclear powered today. I'm more talking about World War II stuff, but it's, it's a lot. All right. Because there's so much flammable on a ship, a fire on a ship, especially a naval ship, is like the biggest deal in the world. The biggest deal in the world. Look, a a, a shrimp boat, a fishing boat, they'll tell you a fire on board a ship is a huge deal. It's a big deal. A naval vessel full of black powder and fuel, it's a huge deal. So it's not something we think about because it's not sexy, right? But on top of all the guns and the sonar and the captain and, and all these cool guys you picture on a naval vessel... You know what a huge, huge part of being on a naval vessel is? Firefighting and fire prevention. They train, even even Iran, hour after hour after hour after hour in stopping a fire, putting out a fire, preventing a fire because fire hits the wrong thing. You're all dead and the devastation from it hitting the wrong thing. Like I said, it's all of them. You look at, uh, there are all these historical naval battles. I could say, I don't want to single, single one out, but 
there will be you know a fire on a ship or a ship got hit and uh, 40 sailors are dead and they're trying to put it out and then the fire gets to the ship's magazine where all the black powder is and now it went from 47 men dead to all 2,000 like that. That blows up. Everyone's going to die. So everybody on a naval, well, not everybody, but a huge part of being on a naval vessel is fire prevention and putting out a fire once a fire gets started. It's just something you drill for over and over and over again. If during peacetime, we're not talking about the middle of a naval battle, if during peacetime a fire, air fingers quote, breaks out, on an Iranian warship, their largest warship, and it's so bad they can't contain it and it sinks to the bottom of the ocean, that fire was started on purpose. I promise you that much. I promise you that much. And I should clarify, I have no intelligence whatsoever and no inside sources that have pointed fingers at Israel to me. I just saw the headline and came up with all this on my own. And if this turns out to be wrong... Well, I'll just never bring it up again. I don't want to look bad. What, Chris? Email. Sombrero Warlord Jesse. He said he saw this meme and thought of me. Oh, my goodness. Tell me this is real, Chris. <clears throat> Apparently, there's a toaster that will print a custom selfie right onto your toast. Simply upload an image and have an edible portrait of yourself within minutes. Chris, find out if that's real now. Because if that's real, here's what I'm going to do. I think it was last year or the year before. I sent all, you know, you get like friends and friends and extended family. You know, you get everybody a little something at Christmas time or people in your circle. I sent everyone a mug with my own picture on it. And one year we sent them, we sent out Christmas cards where the whole family was cut off. But me, depending on how much this toaster is. I will send this toaster as a gift to people with my picture uploaded in it. What, Chris, how much? Oh, it's $35? Well, I'm not spending that kind of money. Oh, I'm not, well, hold on. I'm not going to be made out to be you here. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't spend $35 on a toaster for myself. I would. But you can't buy. I'm not going to buy those in bulk as a gag gift and send those around. How many can you actually send? I'm not made of money over here. $35. We're definitely getting one of those for the studio, though. And no, you are not allowed to put your picture on there, Chris. Whatever you toast has to come out with my picture on it. Email. Jesse, I like you. Oh, thank you. I love history, especially the Indian history. I was listening to your June 1st, 2021 podcast, that's yesterday, and heard you mention how hard it is to find at least semi-objective material. I agree, but when you have time, check out Empire of the Summer Moon, Kiwana Parker and the Rise and Fall of the Comanches, the most powerful Indian tribe in American history. I have actually read this book. This book is incredible. If you are interested at all in Indian history, especially, you know, brutal, like the Comanches and stuff like that, that is an outstanding book. And no, I don't know the author. If it turns out he or she is some card-carrying communist who hates America, I apologize. I read the book and it was really good. It didn't come across that way. The book is called Empire of the Summer Moon. It's really, really good. This person also is not a very nice person. He goes on to say, since you're a former Marine, you may want to consider the audio version. <laughs> what a jerk. Love the show, and I tell others about it. The only downside is having to admit a Marine has wit. 
Yes, I can be poetic despite being former Army. It's also disheartening to know that no one in the Army could ever outshine your handsome and dashing face. Good thing, Chris. Good thing it's a radio. Have a blessed day. That is a smart, smart listener right there, Chris. (laughs) All right. We're going to talk to my buddy Jordan next about Dr. Fauci. He has been all over Dr. Fauci, and I mean all over him from the very, very beginning, calling this guy out, wanting to talk about things. Well, I want Jordan to unpack Dr. Fauci, and I want him to unpack DeSantis right now because Jordan is of the opinion that DeSantis is leading America, well, America on the right. Let's find out what he's talking about next. Hang on. You know, Northwest retention systems, I, I talk to you a lot about their quality. I talk to you about the cool designs, but how about made in America? How many times have you and I had the conversation about being more purposeful with where we spend and don't spend our money? And you know, I've been very forward about the fact that I still fail at that all the time. I'm trying to get better and better and better and improve every single day, but you know, that don't tread on me flag you have and your concealed carry weapon and all those things, you know it's not the best if that holster you have was made in China, right? Northwest Retention Systems will get you a custom-made holster right here in the U.S. of A. And they have some really great patriotic holsters to choose from as well. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10% off. I walked to pick up my little girl at the bus stop yesterday after the CDC recommendations came out. I took off my mask. I waited for her. There was no one else around. She got off the bus with her little mask on. She had to wear her mask. I didn't on the walk home. When are kids going to be able to take off those masks and play outside at the playground? You know, that's going to be the same thing that I mentioned a moment ago. It's going to be a situation. Well, first of all, kids will ultimately wind up getting vaccinated, but you want to have some activity in that direction before they do. Oh, boy, this freaking guy joining me now, my buddy, my buddy, Jordan Schachtel. He's an independent journalist. And this dude has been all over Dr. Fauci from day one. Jordan, I, I mean... I'm glad the Fauci emails are out today. What Did anything surprise you in there? Because I looked at it and thought, yeah, he's full of crap. We always knew it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jesse. It, it just kind of confirmed what we were talking about for the, for the past 18 months now, that this was not a guy who was to be trusted. And I, I think a lot of us noticed, those of us who kind of like lean on the side of liberty, when Fauci slipped up and you know he, he said, he had contradicting advice all the time. People just seemed to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think a lot of us realize that this was 
a political scientist, a, a bureaucrat that wasn't so much interested in providing the truth to the American people, but you know, securing his agency and the bureaucracy within it. That seems to be the prime concern. That was the thing that was um, most revealing to me was that uh, you know he would rather go through this crazy you know eighteen month insa- insanity campaign rather than see his um, government health department be perceived in a negative fashion. Jordan, why the obsession with him? Why, why, let, me, let me ask the hard question here. Why did Trump go with him early on? What, why? It was such a huge error. You can argue it cost him the presidency. Why? So that's the issue, right? Like it, When you're the president of the United States, you have to rely on your supposed experts from the National Institutes of Health. And I think a lot of us, who, especially like those of us who had a background to kind of like talking about like the national security space we knew that we had like these agencies in government that were not to be trusted like you know the fbi and a lot of the intelligence community but i think a lot of us didn't realize that the you know government health bureaucracy was just as bad if not worse and president trump should have definitely pulled the trigger on getting rid of fauci much earlier um but you know early on he really didn't have a lot to work with but you're you're right i think this, um, you know, relying on these these forces of destruction absolutely cost in the presidency. Why did the American people go all in with it, Jordan? I mean, the reverence for this man, for not just him, for Brooks, for, for every expert that was selling panic, they were the ones that were listened to. And anyone who urged calm, let's figure this out, let's not kneecap ourselves while we figure this out, they were just, they were outcast as pariahs. Why? Does that speak poorly of us as a people? I think it just, it, it, it goes to show that human nature is very much, uh, like once you introduce fear, you really not, you really, it's unclear what exactly is going to happen next. And unfortunately, it played out in a devastating manner. We had all these crazy lockdowns and closures, um, all because, you know, these people with credentials were telling us things that, uh, you know, turned out not to be particularly true. And we also have the huge problem with the corporate press, of course, where they're just echoing the message, describing Fauci over and over again as this, uh, you know, the world's most renowned infectious disease expert because he happened to be a government bureaucrat for 56 years. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense. But they just kept echoing, echoing, echoing this message and and people bought onto it. And when you introduce the, you know, the virus and the hype and fear, people were very willing to surrender um, their dignity and their liberties uh, because of a virus floating out there. Do you think they do it again? Because I, I talked about this earlier in the show. My, my point was, Jordan, that on top of all the damage that's been done and damage that's still to come, especially economically, when that thing starts rolling that I think China looked at this whole thing and said to itself, well, clearly a virus of some kind is the way to bring down America. It's interesting. If you look at the history of pandemics, this has actually been tried before several times. And a lot of this stuff did not pan out. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because, you know, in 2020 and 2021, we have access to Uber Eats. You know, this, the elites have like this work from home lifestyle. They never need to leave the comfort of their houses and apartments. So I think it just it, it happened to work this time. Um, but but yeah, it, it's very sad to see that they, they pulled off this massive 
um, information operation, and, and I think that they'll absolutely try to do it again. You know, with these issues, like I, I think uh, the climate, the so, so-called climate crisis, is the next big thing that they seem to be pivoting to. You know, whether it's through the World Health Organization, the CDC, all these you know institutional one-world government creepy authoritarian agencies, they always want to seek to you know steal the rights of human beings. Unfortunately, so you have to be on the lookout about this stuff and. And it's the hardest lesson learned. And hopefully, you know, if we take something good out of this, people will have their guard up higher and, um, you know, lean on the side of liberty. Don't get scared into, uh, you know, an unnecessary panic. Jordan, do you think the American people will buy the climate thing, though? And the reason I'm skeptical on that is they've been selling us that. I mean, for my whole life, they've been selling us on that. I mean, it started with acid rain and that absurd stuff. And the the people will pay lip service to it, but they didn't, they don't really buy it. Right. I, I hope not, but you know, all it takes as we saw it. And even like we had a lot of friends that, that embraced this mm-hmm. hysteria for probably an entire year before they woke up and said, no, oh, you know, they never really acknowledged that they were, bamboozled by all this but but a lot of people you know that were working in this liberty movement uh especially the forces in dc who are supposed to be on our side because you know they finally bought into this fear narrative nothing else really mattered their principles never really mattered so you know whether it's climate change or some other external issue i know they love talking about the ufos now the alien and whatnot but you know, you really need to be aware whenever, whenever a politician or government bureaucrat tells you that there's, there's, you know, there's a crisis and there's a wave of death and terror coming. You gotta have to like pump the brakes. Like, hold on, you know, let me see the evidence. And I think, you know, you and I and those of us on our side, that's all we wanted. We we acknowledge the possibility that something destructive could be happening, but we're like, we're not just gonna give everything away prior to the fact. So, uh, I, I hope it doesn't work with the climate change stuff, but. There definitely does seem to be forces, uh, very powerful forces and heads of state and these NGOs that are, are really committed to that mission of basically trying to steal people's rights. Jordan Schachtel, go get all this stuff. Where can people get more of your stuff, brother? Yes, yeah, so you can go to dossier.substack.com to check out my publication. I've been talking about this stuff for a year and a half, and, and I'm definitely ready to move on to the next uh, big thing. And hopefully we can uh, kick Fauci out and... Uh, you know, proceed in the direction of liberty. The man has been fighting the good fight from the beginning. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, man. I don't think the climate change stuff sells, Chris. I don't think it sells. This is what I mean. People will, because we live in a shame society, People will pay lip service to it, right? Oh, yeah, can't drive those SUVs. It's, the climate's definitely changing. You see these weenie Republicans talking about it all the time. I, it drives me crazy when you hear, see Republicans say, well, we can reduce our carbon emissions. So what, we've surrendered that ground now that carbon emissions are bad? But anyway, people don't actually believe it. They don't actually believe it. They feel like they should say they believe it. But there's a difference between saying it and doing it. Also, don't let the morons run your business. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll explain what I mean in just a sec. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly returns next. Jake's Mint Chew is your route to freedom from dipping and smoking. And this is what I want you to do for me, okay? If you're a dipper or you're a smoker, I understand the chances are there's something gnawing at you in the back of your mind that says I should quit. Now, this is not me lecturing you. I dipped for years. I'm not lecturing you. I love dip more than you love dip. Let me tell you that much. There's something gnawing at you, though, telling you to quit. Do this. I'm not even telling you to quit. Go buy some Jake's Mint Chew. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut, three different flavors of the CBD pouches. Go buy some Jake's Mint Chew and just one time, one time, that next time you're going to throw in a dip, that next time you're going to go outside and burn a heater, throw in some Jake's Mint Chew instead. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE, J-E-S-S-E, at checkout for 20% off. watched Georgia and Arizona and the Texas GOP said, hold my shiner bot. I got, we got more to do. Um, and it's just a, a complete movement down away from democracy. But this is as clear an example of a, another step towards autocracy and another step away from democracy. And you know, I've said this many times with you over the last month. I think Joe Biden's heart's in the right place. I don't think much of the leadership of the Democratic Party and Joe Biden is doing near enough. This is the fundamental issue of our time. It's probably been the fundamental issue since Abraham Lincoln got elected in 1860. <laughs> They're always so dramatic about everything. Everything is the end of the world. But Trump is Hitler. This is voting and voting stuff is the most important thing since Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, shut up. All right. Got an email. Dear Sombrero Jesse, I'm on the edge of my seat for the big announcement. I hope in celebration you are presented with an engraved samurai sword. If not, maybe Jewish producer Chris should be fired. Just saying. Congrats on whatever it is. She says I can say her name. Her name is Ruth Bennett. <laughs> you have not missed the big announcement. And now since we're nearing the end of the show, I'm assuming I'm not going to get permission to say anything today, which means it will likely be tomorrow. If it turns out to not be tomorrow, don't yell at me. But we do have a huge announcement coming for the show. There are changes coming, and they're all good changes in yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Headline. This is from foxbusiness.com. Major League Baseball Players Union facing all-star lawsuit for pulling the game out of Atlanta. Well, yeah, they're going to get sued. They're going to lose. Again, they pulled it out of Atlanta for that for a voting law that was the most benign thing in the world. But it's not about this lawsuit or Major League Baseball or anything else. Professional sports went sideways. Really, really badly over the last four or five years. I mean, really badly. Probably 10 years. And they went sideways because of this. They made the mistake of letting the players run the league. Well, with all due respect, the players are idiots. 
And I'm not saying that like every athlete is dumb. That's that's absurd. You know, that's absurd. But in general, you're an athlete early in your life. This is not insulting, by the way. I was certainly was not. I couldn't jump over a piece of paper. I wished I could have been. Who didn't want to be a star athlete? But in general, when you're an athlete, you're an athlete early. When you're an athlete early, life is handed to you. Don't don't believe these stories about the poor, oppressed athlete. When you're 10, you're the most popular kid in school. My buddy, I was in the Marine Corps with my buddy Campos. He told me. He was a third-string quarterback here in Texas. Third string. He said, I sucked. I barely made the team. I never played. I was third string. He had teachers handing him A's and B's all the time and didn't make him go to class. Always had a pretty girl on his arm. When you have life that good that early, you don't develop personality skills. You don't develop critical thing. You don't develop critical thinking skills. It's like the beautiful woman who's beautiful when she's young. Same thing. She doesn't develop those things not because she's an idiot, because she doesn't have to. The athlete is the same thing. Now they just get a little older, and now you're not only a person lacking a personality and critical thinking skills, but now you have millions of dollars. Now you're doing it in a Lamborghini, in a mansion. With a supermodel on each arm. Okay, fine. Good for you. Good life. There's no judgment coming here. That guy serves a purpose and he's doing something. He has a marketable skill that's rare. Remember, kids, I don't care what your parents or your teacher told you. You are paid based on the scarcity of your marketable skills. Period. If you could hit a baseball nine miles, you're going to get paid a lot. Why? Because ain't nobody else can do it and people want to watch you do it. Okay, so good. They're rich. They're famous. That's fine. I'm not not begrudging anybody anything. Make every dime you can. But you don't let that guy run your league. You don't let his outrage run your league. You don't let his oppressed victimhood run your league. You don't let that guy run your league. He's not that valuable. Nobody is. LeBron James, been the best player in the NBA for a decade. You know, world famous. The NBA should have told LeBron James to sit down and shut his mouth years ago. NBA ratings are getting slaughtered by the masters. LeBron James becoming the face of the NBA will cost them decades of viewers. Decades. Look, my kids are a great example because I won't watch it. They've brought up why we won't watch it. I said we don't watch anti-American trash. I explained to them why. That. That leaves an impression on my kids. My kids will never watch. They'll probably pass that down to their kids. How many families are like me? Did it really pay to have LeBron opening his mouth every five seconds? Did it pay Major League Baseball? You let 20, 30 players complain about a voting law. They didn't have a clue about that voting law, these morons. They probably couldn't even read. And you let them run you out of one of your main cities. Atlanta's a great baseball town. You let them run you out of Atlanta? Don't ever let the idiots run your business. I don't care how valuable they are. There's never been an employee valuable enough to let him tank your business, ever. Hang on, I'm not quite done.
Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, I want your emails. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in now. It's going to be a huge blowout Ask Dr. Jesse Friday this Friday. Every Friday, for you new listeners, we lighten up the show a bit. Tell a little history story. And then I just answer your emails all day about everything. Politics, history, men, women, food, travel, whatever. Ridiculous things. We have fun on Friday. I mean, frankly, we kind of have fun every single day on this show. But jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails get printed for me. I read them all. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hopefully, hopefully, I will have a big announcement for you tomorrow. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE 
That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.